text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Yeah, welcome back. Dan Malecki and Toby McKinnon. I am with a Friday Form Panel. Feels like it's been a long time, but it's only been a fortnight. Dan, how are you, mate? And uh, how was Christmas, New Year's and all, etc. and above? It seems like it was a long time ago now, but it was terrific. I got used to it. You know what? I could actually accept that there was multiple Christmases every year, you know, once every three months. I reckon I could handle that, Toby. So it was really good. Um, good to talk to you again, mate. We're right into the thick of things, um, right into the... Uh, well, virtually the summer carnival of harness racing with all of our uh, big country cups leading up towards the Hunter Cup and more over the course of the next month. This is something that you have said many times, Dan, about uh, moving feature race meetings around, etc. But over recent years, the Bendigo into Shepparton into Ballarat has become an institution and it just works. It's just set so beautifully, if you ask me. Don't, t- don't tell anyone they might want to change it. Consistency and uniformity, amazing how it works, isn't it? It's just bizarre. Oh, look, that's the most simplistic thing, isn't it, Toby? And, and uh, sadly, that's the thing that uh, harness racing has been lacking for, for quite some time. Uh, when you look at uh, your key dates that are on the calendar, at least in Victoria, um, there's very few uh, that have had... Um, a concrete profile, you know, to have the same date for, say, two decades. There's very few. There's, most of the races have been changed at some point, and believe it or not, the, the Hunter Cup, which was a race that had been changed a number of times, the different times of the year, different conditions, stand start, then to uh, mobile, it's now lo- probably got one of the longest uh, periods that it's been run at the same time of the year compared to plenty of others. So, Look, I personally, when you think of race meetings, when you get excited about race meetings, they often, they're seasonal. You think of the summer and you think of the big harness racing. So when that changes, it throws you off. And if you've got people um, on the periphery where they know, they mightn't follow harness racing religiously, but they know there's a really good meeting in their area, uh, this time every year they'll go and then one year they, they're not to know that it's not going to be on when it gets changed and you know so many races that that has happened too and I think a lot of people drop off as a consequence. And I know Andy Gath uh, chases the uh, George Gath every year at Shepparton which is run on uh, their cup night and he'll have Chinese Whisper in the Derby Royale this year so after what we've just said uh, we've changed the name of one of the races that's has been at Shep for uh, so many years, but uh, we digress sometimes. Uh, a couple of things, a bit of housekeeping. Uh, I was che- uh, chatting with uh, Darren Carroll this morning, and uh, he said best of luck to Pat Tomkinson, who's having his first drive tonight on uh, Hey Go You Good Thing, and from the entire uh, Trot's Life team, which Pat's a big part of. He loves the show, and uh, we've made some great friendships through this show, and uh, he has his first drive. So from all the team, from the big fellas, the Stews, the Tim O'Connors, and everyone, Pat, uh, best of luck tonight. I'll be out there. Dan, are you are you double-heading? you back-to-back, Shepard and, and Melton, over the next two nights? I am. In fact, I'm, I'm going back-to-back-to-back Hamilton Sunday as well. you got Shepard in a Hamilton. you gotta, mm-hmm. you got to talk to the guy that does your rosters, mate. <laughs> well, you know who that is, but look, I must say over my whole lifetime, I, I'm usually at my best on a quick backup. I really enjoy it, uh, really in the zone, and um, 
you know, a bit of Blackshaw territory tonight at, at Melton, but it is going to be hot there, so it can knock you around when you walk into that oven, which is about 65 degrees when I start setting up. But nonetheless, if I keep well hydrated, um, it'll be hot enough at Shepparton as well. But I really enjoy those those quick backups. That's why you'll often... Um, if you take that much notice, uh, see me on a quick backup, you know, whether it's the course of two or three or four days at times, um, I really enjoy it and absorb a lot of information and then allow myself to um, just relax a bit on the on the back of that. But the weekends at the moment, we've got lots of uh, country cups. We had a double-header country cup weekend last weekend. I actually thought about going to Cobram. Um, I wasn't too far off going there, but I was at Bendigo, which is not really my... Um, yeah. Uh, my uh, track that I that I call that, uh, or Shepparton for that matter, but I've called far more Shepparton Cups than I have uh, Bendigo Cups over the years. Um, but it's a terrific weekend this weekend, and you know to go from Shepparton again, they're metropolitan class horses, so it's not so yeah. bad at a normal Shep meeting. I don't know as many horses. I have to work a lot harder, uh, but it's good to get there so I can get those horses into my head and know them a little bit better and, and similarly with Hamilton although I'm more likely to be calling on the western side of yeah, town but yeah. it, it's good to get out there and um and and see some of those horses and, and look they're places I really enjoy going to that's the thing I still enjoy going to the races and that might be something where people think well duh you know that's your job but I know so many people that go to the races because they have to and sure I go there because uh, it is part of my job but I love going there and I don't mind the travel I think anyone that's involved in in any of the codes uh, with you know a three hour up and a three hour back um, uh, which it is for me it, it's not a big deal it's it's still quite comfortable well, I'm going to test your love of it after the show together today. I'll be at uh, Melton tonight judging, and then we'll be working together again tomorrow night at Shepparton. So, but the good news in the shining light is I won't be at Hamilton Dan, so you'll get some peace and quiet on Sunday. I knew I was really looking forward to Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. Let's get a break away. We'll come back. We'll get stuck into the Shepparton preview for uh, Saturday night. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Toby McKinnon and Dan Malecki. It is the Friday Form Panel. We'll get through Shep. We'll try and have a look at Hamilton as well. Now I know Dan's calling there. But uh, Dan, let's get stuck into this. Race one at Shep. It's it's a really good race this in a sense. And I tell you what... I don't know, I reckon I spent maybe five or six hours doing form for this meeting and it felt like this one took three hours to work my way through and at the end of it all, I came to an, a, a pretty strong opinion there's a horse in this race I think will be pretty good value in Maxi wants to play. It's a very even race. I can see a number of horses that could potentially win this race. I'd love to see a marker, but we're not, we don't need to go down that path again. There's a lot <laughs> of different form lines here, Dan. I, I wonder how you piece this puzzle together. Yeah, look, uh, I, I come up with a number of chances, uh, but also there are other horses that are uh, coming through the classes, like You Better Not was a maiden three starts ago, yeah, yeah. Um, and she is uh, going through the classes, winning comfortably, has got gate speed. You've got a horse like Follow the Ace, who's been last up particularly got out of the gate terrific and bolted in one of 
won very comfortably at Maryborough, but is still giving away a lot of experience to many of other horses. Our mate Minko uh, hasn't been on the front line for about six starts. Um, all of its wins have been when it's on the pegs. It's usually shown gate speed. I think five of its six wins have been when it's led, so you'd expect Abby Sanderson to want to push him out of the gate because he, he does you know, go much better at the front of the field. Horse like Star's Destiny, who's in good form. And then your backline horses, Shan Lou, who just bolted in last start, but has drawn awkwardly. Shaq, who really caught the eye at Bendigo last week. It did come through on the um, the fast lane, but finished off really good without a lot of room in the, the latter part in what I would consider a slightly stronger race. Uh, you mentioned Maxie Wants to Play, who's only had a few starts for Aaron Dunn and mm. uh, was really good at Port last start, I thought. Mm. Uh, repelling was terrific at Cobram, and you can make a case for Kyle Kid to finish top four as well. So lots of horses here, and who knows, I might have missed the winner with the three I didn't mention, so I'll mention yeah. them. Better's Hope, A Piece of Lou, and Direct Command. But I... Oh, look, I'm not sure. I thought that the draw for Shan Lu, it could be perfect because if better not leads, Shan Lu gets the right run. Um, but up in class, whether there's more pressure applied to you, better not. And, and then again, it could be an awkward draw for Shan Lu if the leader starts to tie beforehand. So I've opted for a horse that I thought is capable of making its own luck. And a bit similar to you, I've come up with Maxie wants to play number 10. Aaron Dunn's team that he's taking, they've all got winning chances at Shepparton, and this is the first one obviously, Maxie wants to play. Been in his stable for three starts, first up run was was okay because it did plenty of work even though it was well beaten. Uh, I think it got a confidence booster and certainly the stable got to learn more about him by winning its stall and winning well. And the board run was good. Caught three wide there on the tighter track and, and still was finding the line really well, had to hook around widest on the home turn. Decent effort. So I thought, like you, might be a bit of value, not knowing what price Shan Lu might be. Um, it's naturally going to be the horse to beat, or the, the hardest to beat. Uh, she's uh, going well on the back of that win. Any horse that wins by 38 metres at their previous start, you've got to take into account, don't you? So 11, repelling. Uh, he's a horse that's taken some good scalps over the course of his career. He probably hasn't gone on. Um, to levels where I thought maybe he could, but he's a last start winner and he won well, he made his own luck um, and he's tough enough to do the same again. And uh, number nine, Shaq, as I mentioned, he's going well. He's been around for a long time, Shaq. Um, 17 races he's won. He, he's a bit undersold, isn't he, in a way? 126000 in prize money. And look, I thought his last couple of runs have been really good. He, he toughed it out when he was second at Bendigo. Uh, behind Harry Hu, and then his last run was in a field maybe similar to this or, or perhaps even so, slightly stronger. Say it was similar to this, but he hit the line really well, Shaq, and he might end up three back the pegs or he could end up in a good spot about midfield, but it shows he can come off the pace well, and here's the other one in the mix, 10, 8, 11, and 9. Shaq's won 14 races that have been between 46 to 55 rated races. How's that for a stat? Uh, he's won one race that was a 52 to 56, one race that was a 56 to 61, and one race that was a 57 to 68. So his level is that sort of, once he gets back to that up to 55 sort of level, he just is too good for them. So, uh, yeah, he's been a brilliant horse, really, and uh, Kevin Clark deserves all the success he gets. So I, I do love the horse, Shaq. But, yeah, for all the reasons you said with Max, he wants to play. I think he's going to be great value. That fourth first up, Dan, well, you bet your Tiger Pies won twice since. Feel the Reigns won 
Uh, it's only start since then. Our Kinky Boots has won since as well. So I think that was a lot better race and probably we give it credit for. Like the format of that race has been really strong. I, I just thought if we might get 15, 20 to 1 even, Maxi wants yeah. to play. And I think he's the safest bet. I was at Ballarat for the Bacchus Marsh Cup final night when Shan Lu went out and put on a real performance. Actually... Uh, James Herbertson was in the card, and to be honest, it was pretty concerning how she was trying to kick him. Like, she was viciously trying to kick James, you know, and uh, she was scratched from that event, and I'm glad she was because every time the clerk of the course left her side, she just she just went, went, went vicious towards him, and maybe I've fallen out of love with Shan Lu because of that fact. Our mate Menko, I know, is a very, very special horse to Shane Sanderson. He lost his great mate Craig Menken's the brain cancer last year, who uh, is who this horse is named after, and he was a great supporter of Shane's. They played rugby together in the late 90s and early 2000s. So uh, there's a little bit of heart involved in that one, Dan, because I know how special that horse is to him. So love to see him win the race as well. And repelling, I wonder if he's been gelded. He still says that he's a bay horse, but Lee Sutton had a theory that he used to um, squeeze a couple of certain things and he didn't like it, the horse, and and that was troubling him. And then every so often he, he won a semi-final of a Vic Bread. So I know it doesn't state that he's been gelded, but it still states Max Delight's a stallion and he was gelded about four years ago. So you can't always 100% go off that. So I just wonder if that's the change of form for him because he started $2.80 and $2.60 at his first two runs back from a spell. So, obviously, Team Walsh know that he's going well. He must be respected. And as you said, there's chances to anything else in the race that you want. Like, follow the ace is what? It's a five-year-old, Dan. Uh, but he's very closely related to San Carlo. He didn't win a race till it was four. So... Uh, you can't really leave anything out of that race. Race one's a, it's a really good race at uh, Shepparton on Saturday night. Race two is the Alabar No Metro win pace. And we might get stuck into this after a break. Uh, we'll get, clear another commitment. We've got to get rid of one more before the top of the hour. We'll clear that. We'll come back. We'll look at race two, the Alabar No Metro win pace. Text us on 0499 Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Yeah, welcome back. Friday Form Panel. Toby McKinnon with you and Dan Malecki. Race two at Melton is the Alabar. No Metro win pace and a great night for Alabar last night with the Storm inside getting a Quinella in the first Victorian two-year-old race of the year and uh, race two at Shepparton on Saturday night. It's another tricky race. I think we'll find that Little Louie and Major Thinker will go out basically about even in the market. That's sort of $2.30, $2.40 range. I know uh, the harness.org doesn't say that, but that's what I would expect. I think Nicky Nana is the logical danger off the second row. If they go to war early, and uh, I thought Delvey Robin was a pretty good chance from off the pegs to finish top four. I can't see Delvey Robin necessarily winning the race, but uh, should be very, very close. And Major Thinker may lead, and Little Louie will sit outside. Which horse is better? I'm really not sure, Dan. Uh, and I haven't named all the others, but there's a lot of winning chances in this race once again, mate. 
Good race. Um, yeah. We've got some form lines in a couple of different places. Uh, with Glenn Liddy Elvis, who's won five of seven. And, uh, and of course, Major Thinker, who's won four of six overall, including three of four in Australia. Um, he should be with a head full of confidence, Major Thinker. He's been, clearly he's a better horse than the level he's been racing in. Went to Leighton, won a heat and final uh, series there and won by big margins, had uh, barrier draws to utilise gate speed, dominate the race, come home in quick quarters. It was a 26-6 last start. He, he did it easily. This is much tougher. This this is many links um, um, yeah. uh, class here, isn't it, as far as the depth of the race is concerned. But he, he looks like he'll get past nothing but waves. It's not a quick beginner. So um, I think Major Thinker should get to the pegs first. Little Louie can get off the gate okay. Just not sure he's finding the line that well. It's been a while since he last won. He's going well enough without really... You know, his last 50 metres has been the part that may have let him down. He's been okay. So if he has to work, he's vulnerable. And um, uh, Glenn Liddy Elvis, he got beaten by Duffy Hollow and run down by Duffy Hollow a few starts ago at Bendigo. Makes you think if Duffy Hollow uh, ends up getting a run here, it might be a chance at odds. Oh, it's um, the same, actually. And But Nikki Nana's the one. She's uh, new stable Julie Douglas, won five races in December, and yet her best run was probably last week at Bendigo. It was in the fast lane, but she charged through and made up good ground on Jillaby Willow from three back along the pegs, and she was sort of held up before she could get that run in the sprint lane. So uh, she's flying, so she's my top pick. Nine on top, nine, two, four, and ten. Nine, two, four, and ten for Daniel. It'll be a very good race. A horse like... Norm's lady could easily win the race with the right run as well. And, uh, yeah, I'm just not sure. I think Glenn Lady Elvis would have to get to the top, and I can't see that help happening for him. Uh, the 12 o'clock news is Nui upon us. And Alder Rage, we didn't mention Alder Rage there either. He won the Gumbauer Cup not long ago. I was a bit surprised he was in a no-metro win race, but it was only a $12,000 race, the Gumbauer Cup. So best of luck to Andrew Jervin. He just doesn't seem to get a draw in these uh, metro races. Let's get the 12 o'clock news away, and we'll come back. We'll turn our attention to race three, the Saddle World Shepherd and Trot. Text us on 0499 736 736. Live on SEN Track. Welcome to the Friday Form Panel. Welcome back. Toby McKinnon, Dan Malecki with you. Pat off the sex, off the text says that uh, it's not all about me, mate. Well, Pat, uh, it is tonight. We're allowed to celebrate your achievement. And if we can't celebrate uh, you having your first drive, what can we celebrate, mate? Uh, and he says Norm's Lady is his place tip and... Uh, could be a really good place tip, Norm's lady, but we don't have markets and prices to compare that to, so it's hard to say. If she's $2, she's certainly not, but if she was $6, she would be, uh, and she'll probably be $4, and that's that 50-50 flip, if you ask me. Race three is the Saddle World Shepherd and Trot, and I think, Dan, the first question I've got for you here is, who's going to lead? Now, Golden Sunset, to give you some stats... Has drawn gate. This will hurt Juanita Breen's. Hope you're not listening, Juanita. Has drawn gate five on 13 occasions and led eight times. Gate five. She's in gate seven on Saturday night, Juanita, with Golden Sunset. And drawn gate sixes and six or seven eight times and never led. Never led from gate six or seven, but has led eight times from 13 attempts at gate five. That's. And that, for people adding up, it's 21 out of 51 starts. She's drawn gate five, six, or seven with Golden Sunset. 
Of the eight times she's led from gate five, she's won four of them. So the question, Dan, is do you think Golden Sunset will try and lead from the outside of the front? Oh, definitely come out of the gate, you would think. I mean, if you go back, um, you nearly have to go back to last, don't you? So, yeah, I'd uh, I'd come out of the gate. I, I don't know if she's going that well. Her last couple of runs seem to have dropped off a bit. She started off her prep really good. Mm. Um, last week was, well, I thought was plain. And even the Bendigo run the week before, although not, not beaten that far, they went really slow and really struggled up the straight. So um, I would think yes, but... At the same time, with a couple of disappointing starts in my eyes, maybe you want to see her just chase a little bit better. So, yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's, so it just depends, you know, how Juanita would look upon that. She might know why uh, she uh, performed uh, a little below her level at her last start, maybe the start before as well. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm, I'm oh. goalpost wide open there with what they could do with Golden Sunset. She's quick enough that she could lead because I'm not convinced that Quake Proof is not really quick out, star down under, um, not really quick out, or it's been a while since I've seen him in a position that he could show some gate speed. Um, bit of Irish luck, luck is another mm. um, that uh, can be a bit iffy. Utopia, uh, I doubt, has got the initial gate speed, might try to hustle its way. Naked Ambition gets off the gate well. Queen of Quebec, not quick out, but could probably hustle forward. So... With that in mind, Golden Sunset could actually get across and lead from and get across pretty comfortably. Don't know. It's a difficult question that you've asked me because I, I thought if she did go forward, um, I wasn't confident enough to have her in the mix because I thought Golden Sunset had been disappointing in her last couple of starts, but she might be able to get across here. Ch- tune in to Trot's Vision uh, live and free tomorrow night at about 7.25, 12 minutes before this race. And I'm going to wrangle Juanita Breen and I'll ask her the question, Dan, before I throw to you for your thoughts. So we'll know more about it then, I suppose. Mm. It might be as simple as what she usually does. And y- y- normally there'd be no need to change that. If she came off the back of winning at Melton and then second at Melton behind Royal Charlotte, I'd say, oh, absolutely, yeah, should lead. But yeah. I reckon the next couple of runs have been... Um, a bit below that level. I thought her first two runs were, were pretty good, but her next three um, were not so good. Uh, my one in this race, I think a bit of Irish luck will get across the two inside. I'm not sure if Golden Sunset crosses, but it's three from three when it's led, and it's leader's back form. It's had two wins and two seconds, bit of Irish luck, and I just think it might provide a bit of value in the race. Did you have a bit of Irish luck in your top four? Uh, I had it uh, in the mix. I didn't have it in my top four. I must admit mm. I... Wasn't quite sure which way to go here. Utopia is the horse that was. Um, I was having trouble trying to rate because it never looked a chance last week, obviously. The track played in a certain way at Bendigo. It was very much favouring leaders and pegline horses um, to, a, to a greater extent than normal, I believe. Um, and Utopia was never in the race. But I thought it was just a battling run anyway. It came off the back of a six or seven week break. And it, it looks the obvious one on exposed form over quite some period of time. I mean, its last five starts go back the best part of about two and a bit years, doesn't it? So I know, which is concerning. Um, we, and because we're not, we haven't got any prices to work off. It could be a dollar forty, and I wouldn't want to touch it. No. Um, and and even if it's two dollars thirty, I don't think I would want to, you know, be be tipping Utopia. I'm just not sure where it's at. I haven't got the confidence to sort of. Uh, ex- have an expectation of what it will do. It might simply be better than the other horses and whatever price it goes around might be fitting. But we saw it last week. 
Um, it wasn't so much disappointing because I think we're giving it uh, excuses for why for the way that that track was playing at that time. It wasn't suiting horses coming from back in the field. Kate stayed back, didn't make a run, which made me think, well, maybe it needed the run anyway. So here with a frontline draw, which it wouldn't have seen, um, or last time it saw it, it was wide. Remember, it was wide early. It worked around them. It beat a couple of handy horses. So um, if it's at that level, sure, it can win, but at what price? So I worked around it anyway. I, I thought that the most obvious way to go was Love Gun each way. Mm. Um, he's uh, refound his mojo with a win at Melton and then a second behind He's All Muscle. I thought he was pretty solid. That was over a shorter trip. And I, I don't think those shorter trips are his perfect trip. I think this is the distance range that suits him better. He should be hard fit now. So the eight each way is my top selection. I threw in... I threw in Quake Proof because we identified there didn't look to be what we would consider a lot of gate speed. I thought at worst, Quake Proof could be three back the pegs. It's definitely going well and might be able to just hold up to be leaders back. So I think he's in the mix. Utopia, I can't leave out, but I just can't make a, a strong enough case. I can give reasons why he can win, but I can't make a strong enough case why you should back him. Um, yeah, but he's yeah. definitely there. And six Queen of Quebec, eight, one, four and six. Yeah, well, I've got Love Gun as the one to beat as well, I think, uh, for all the reasons you said. I thought Peter Irish like, probably crosses and can run can run a good race. Was a little bit out of form for some time in the sense that didn't win a race, but, you know, ran in Vic Bread finals, etc. Won a Gumbauer Cup uh, 12 months ago. Won the, uh, a silver at some stage as a three-year-old too. So it's a pretty nice horse on its night. So it could surprise and we'd want a bit of value about it and, I'm just not going to mention anywhere Hugo, Dan, and we will not mention it after I tipped it four weeks in a row and then it ran third the week I after. I put it, it in the mix, you know. I, oh. I, I've actually got it listed as it, my fifth pick anywhere, Hugo. I think it sort of drops in class, yeah. sort of with that price where you'd you'd want to be putting it into your top four because I could see him figuring. Yeah, agree. And the old grey-blue common I've got a special affinity for, for obvious reasons, for those that have seen my hair. Race four is the Graham Head Memorial Memorial three-year-old pace. And the heads, Helen and Graham, wonderful contributors to harness racing. He was on the old trotting control board, Dan. That takes you back a little while, doesn't it? But, yeah, great contributors to harness racing over so many years. And uh, their great mare, Madam Han, who produced so many horses, including a, a safari at one stage. So... Intriguing race, Dan, but there's a horse in this I think is going to be a star. Sergeant Louie trialled really impressively. Our great mate Rob Orber owns him, and, yeah, I just think he might be a level above these. I know uh, Keto has been impressive as well, beat American Hammer in a trial, and Komodo the Dragon uh, will go back and will charge home, but I just think uh, we might see the unveiling of one of our better three-year-olds over the next 12 months in Sergeant Lou. Yeah, well, Rob will be loving to hear those thoughts. He's got four runners on the night, Rob yeah, Orbis, so cool, and all horses that he's bred, so it's a pretty special night for him. Sergeant Lou starts off his campaign. Be good to have a look at him. He was a nice type, even last preparation. It always looked like he was going to be a better three-year-old, probably a better late-season three-year-old again. He's got more improvement to come, a bit like his mum, Bella's Delight. Yeah. Um, he's got a bit of gate speed because they, they only used it pretty much on one occasion. He come out of the gate pretty good, so he's definitely got it there. But, you know, I'm not sure not sure he can cross Keto at the start, but at the, or the Statesman for that matter. It's, it's a decent field. Um, Komodo, uh, he's just been hitting the line hard. I, I mean, even last start, he comes off the back straight and 
he was, wasn't really pacing like a horse that was going to win and then he gets balanced up and he only needs 150 metres and he makes up 15 or 20 metres. So these smaller fields suit him. Um, he's hard fit. Um, he's the, I was going to say he's the devil we know, but he's the dragon that we know. And um, he does breathe fire. His name's Komodo, um, but uh, Komodo's the only dragon I know of that doesn't fly. But this Komodo does because <laughs> he just let loose last his last couple of starts. Very impressive to watch. Keto. Uh, his debut win, his only start in New Zealand was good. He came off the gate okay, but he got caught without cover. Uh, then he ended up with the cover and he hit the line well. He looks a really nice type. He's by Sweet Lou, just like Sergeant Lou. Uh, I've got um, the uh, the Statesman and Sergeant Lou in to my top four as well. Uh, I, I think it's a really good race. Uh, I think these are horses that will get to a, a really good level. Some of them have already. Seven, three, four, and five. Yeah, there could be... Three Dar- Vic Derby horses in this, three or even four potentially yeah. in a Vic Derby final later in the year. It's a really good race, the Graham Head Memorial, and I'm, I'm really proud of the fact it is too because they've been, as I said, great contributors to the sport. Race five is the Your Sold Real Estate Pace. Another intriguing race this, and my, I think my ultimate Billy will lead, uh, loves to lead. I think Andrew German will be really keen to lead with this horse, the trainer, so... If that happens, this race just becomes Platinum Stride's race to tear to bits. If its leader's backs Platinum Stride uh, and it goes around $4.20, uh, it will win this race. Yes, there's a lot of other chances. If that doesn't happen, if my ultimate Billy hands up to an Aussie battler or an invitation only, who's an intriguing commodity invitation only, spent a little bit of time with Jason Grimson, ran in a chariots of fire and... Uh, it's come back and won at big odds off only moderate trials, I would say, for Team Walsh, whose stable is going really well. Uh, there's a lot of other chances. Sandy uh, or Sandy, depends on what side of the camp you're on there. And uh, I know the owners like Sandy, so we'll stick with Sandy. Uh, it's it's a horse that's just so versatile and racing so well, but uh, has got an issue with barrier draws, just can't seem to find one. And then there's some real talent as well with Tango and with Sierra and Hot Deal off the back row. How'd you find this one, Dan? Yeah, I like you, Platinum Strides, the one that stood out to me. But there's a fine line between following a horse like my ultimate Billy, who's going to be a 30-to-1 shot. Yeah. He's got the gate speed to lead, but I didn't think it was up to it last start. Ran well, uh, but that was on a track that was really suiting leaders and it still couldn't get within QE. So whether or not now they would change up their... Um, plans to, to try to see if he finds the line better if he took a sit. Not sure. You, you've got your asset there and often you want to use it. Sometimes it's a matter of getting a really uh, cheap split. Maybe that could happen if they went slower. Um, but Platinum Stride, if that was the scenario, is obviously going to be behind the lead. That will be the case. If Platinum Stride's three back the pegs, yeah, that if, changes things quite yeah. a lot, particularly if my ultimate Billy then was taking a sit but behind an LB2 chains or an invitation only or even a Sande for that matter. Um, it'd be advantage for that horse that was in front. And then who's the horse that's going to go around and sit park? Maybe it's hot deal. Um, Platinum Stride doesn't have to just get the sprint lane to win this race. He's quite capable of coming off the pegs and getting the right run through and still being able to finish over the top of them. He's my top pick. We're not sure what price we're dealing with. We'd naturally like to see an each-way price. And from inside the back row, that's the price you would expect that you should be getting. I think Hot Deal's going well enough. That free-for-all run last start was pretty good. It was a hot race. 
Uh, five invitation nice. only. You'd think there's more improvement to come out of that first up win in the Cobram Cup. Uh, we've seen a couple of horses win that Cobram Cup first up in the past over the long trip, which is quite extraordinary, really. Yeah. Um, and LB2 Chain's run first up was also quite good and has got the good gate. He gets off the gate pretty well, and with Nathan Jack as well. 8, 12, 5, 3, but can easily throw in Sanday. I'm a 10 going with Sierra Fan, but she's let me down a couple of times lately. And mm. um, I don't like saying uh, I'm, I'm happy to risk her this time because I think there's more to give, but it has been a long time since she's last one. And the other one, Rusty Crackers. Don't uh, discount him. He's uh, He went okay in the Leeton Cup final, and uh, he's had 13 different drivers throughout his career. And finally, uh, Blake Jones has driven him in trials a few times, uh, gets a steer, so and lose, loses nothing there. And Matt Painting, I did a best-of series uh, last week, Dan, two shows, and Matt Painting made the best-of series uh, last week to show what a great person of the sport Matt Painting has been in the sport for a long, long time. And uh, it's the Calamboli in the Riverina is the arts capital of the Riverina because that's where all the paintings are from. Let's get a breakaway, <laughs> Dan. We'll come back. Race six, it's the Shepparton Pacing Cup. And we might reference a certain Cobram Cup where a horse was first up for a long time. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Welcome back. Toby McKinnon and Dan Malecki with you. The Neat Homes Shepparton Pacing Cup. Long-term supporter, Neatline Homes. They're the transportable building specialist, a family business that you can trust. They do homes, commercial buildings, all prefabricated. So uh, they're a wonderful business and wonderful supporter of the Shepparton Cup, long-term supporters. Now, it's an intriguing race, this race. I think we all know Curly James has got the speed to hold the front if he wants to. He may be challenged early. And I went back over the last seven uh, Shepherd and Pacing Cups, all mobiles, and it's intriguing the lead times that horses have run. So the fastest was Cruz Bromac. Uh, he ran a 77.9 lead time and ran fourth at $4.20 he was. Let It Ride also ran a 77.9 and ran last at $3.50. Mac Da Vinci ran a 79 second lead time and ran last, and he went around $8.50. Our Uncle Sam ran a 79.7 and ran second at $10.80. Lochinvar Art ran 79.7 and won. Hector JJ went 82.1 and won. And Cranburn ran 83.7 and won. So in a nutshell, the four slowest lead times, the leaders have won, and the four quickest, the leaders have been beaten. So if Curly James leads and the lead time is in 80 seconds or more and you're an in-play punter, uh, start backing Curly James off the back of those stats. I think he'll win. I don't think there's going to be that much pressure there early. I think horses will come around three wide, but I don't think the tempo is going to lift that much. He's certainly the one to beat. He's first up. He's got a great first up record. He won that Cobram Cup, which was over 26.70, and he basically ran an 80-second lead time to put it in perspective. So if he gets away with a similar circumstance to being first up in the Cobram Cup 12 months ago, I think he wins, Dan. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, look, trying to work out the way the race will be run is key to this race. Yeah. Um, there's a number of horses that have got gate speed on the front line, but there really isn't that tough death seat horse. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if horses do make mid-race moves, it's because there's not a lot of speed on, and horses like uh, Serge Blanco, maybe even a Max Delight, they might be driven slightly out of their comfort zone to put them in, into the race. They might be prepared to do that. They might have to do that. Curly James, we know, is pretty quick off the gate, so barrier one. Hasn't started since late November, but he has got a good first-up record, uh, and he gets a good gate, so it might wor be worth fighting for early. Like, Captain's got gate speed. Um, Typo gets off the gate well. Pete said so gets off the gate well. So the first few hundred metres could be key to the race. Then they settle. Now, once they settle, is who comes around? Who's going to be the horse to come around? Uh, Hurricane Harley from inside the no, back row no. won't be. I don't think Ideal Escape, or if he does, he'd probably he'd do it to pairs. try to get some cover. He might have to be up there, but, you know, I don't know if that'll improve his winning chances. Serge Blank on Max Delight can, but they're better if they both had a sit. And Bulletproof Boy, similarly, Coravelli star, Look, maybe he'd get put into the race because he wouldn't be a chance from back in the field. If Curly James does hold up from barrier one, Hurricane Harley's going to be the main danger to him because he's going to be on the pegs. Probably the, the three interstaters, like horses that should I should know better. Pete said so we've seen, competed in the Inter-Dominion 13 months ago, competed well, competed really well in this year's Inter-Dominion, the one that just passed. Gets off the gate very quick. Typo's got good gate speed. They're the ones that might have a crack in the early part. Um, look, that's the key, isn't it? The first couple of hundred metres of that race. If Curly James ended up, say if Typo led, would Typo be inclined to, to take a trail? If it did, who would that be behind? Oh, um, otherwise, yeah. yeah, well, Curly James gets the run of the race. So I think I've got to go with Curly James, but I'm open for other suggestions here. Hurricane Harley was, was really good last week, gets a similar run. Uh, Max Delight's going really well. If you just knew that there was going to be a solidly run 2,600-metre race, he and Serge Blanco are terrific chances. They might be anyway. Um, I just don't know where that pressure is going to come from once they settle, uh, or I can't identify it just at the moment. But these are the sort of races, a lot of prize money up for grabs. You've got hard fit racehorses uh, throughout the majority of this field that they want to get put into the race. So um, the first few hundred metres might be key. And if they go too slow, that becomes inviting, doesn't it, for something else to go around. Look, there's a number of scenarios. Perhaps the most likely one is Curly James gets a really good run. One, eight, 11, and 10. I'm going again with the devils that I know. Um, Typo is probably the best of the interstaters, certainly on current form anyway, to respect. And I'm sure he'll be well in the market as well. I think those three interstaters had really tough last couple of months through Inter Dominions, etc. They haven't had much relief. I'll give them that. So they're certainly rock hard fit. Yeah, Curly James is the one for me. I thought then Ideal Escape would end up three back the pegs. Can't possibly win from there. It's not like he's going to sprint past Hurricane Harley. But if you're playing trifectas and first fours, I would have Ideal Escape to run third and fourth. He might put a little bit of value mm. in from three back the pegs. Uh, that was just my one extra little bit I would add to everything you said, which I agree with. And 
Love to see Curly James win for Courtney Laker. It'll be a great win for her in what is effectively her hometown cup. And uh, it's a great story, great family of harness racing. I don't know all the family in harness racing because there's just so many of them, basically. And uh, he's a very special horse, Curly James. So a great Shepparton Pacing Cup on Saturday night, the Neatline Home Shepparton Pacing Cup. We might clear our 11.30 news court. We'll come back and we'll turn our attention to race seven, the Cottrell Electrical pace at Shepparton Saturday night. Monique Jews with SEN News. Queenslanders are being warned to prepare for more wild weather as an emergency alert is issued for residents in the far north. Water restrictions are also in place in Port Douglas, Mossman and Newell Beach after a water main was damaged by rainfall overnight. Aldi has joined Woolworths in choosing not to sell Australia Day merchandise ahead of the national holiday. PNG has announced a state of emergency in wake of deadly riots and looting in the capital Port Moresby. Australian Federal Police on standby to help. And Sir Elton John is auctioning off a collection of private items, including one of his pianos, a jumpsuit and platform boots. SEN Sport is next. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. We were reviewing the retrospective in the cultural electrical page. It's race seven. It's Shepparton on Sunday night. Shepparton race seven. It's the metris Friday form panel. I get them all confused, these shows. Interesting race, this. Captain Wilson, uh, I reckon he won one year last year. Year, did he on the same meeting possibly uh, for Peter Thompson and Kate Gath draws gate one looks really suited ideal rock ideal role is an intriguing character Dan he got beaten in September 22 by 68 meters and then uh, he won twice later that month in December 22, he got he ran 12, beaten 32 metres, and then he won three times in the next month. So the fact he got beaten uh, 27.6 metres last start at Melton isn't of concern because by form, he normally bounces back and just wins. So he could do anything, ideal rock, ideal roll. There is one in this race who's been a very nice horse over a long time, forever in. He won a two-year-old Vic Bread semi. He made the three-year-old, two-year-old, obviously the two-year-old final, three-year-old final and four-year-old final. Uh, he went up for a stint uh, at Menanga with James Ratray without too much success. And he's he's had a few little preparations and big gaps between his runs over the last 12 months. Forever you're in, very special horse to a lot of people in the Riverina. And uh, if we see him at his best, he could certainly bob up in this race. Didn't go too bad in Elite and Cup. And... How's this, Dan? Modern Bliss won at Geelong in 2015. And do you remember the great horse Atticus for Shannon Nixon? Yeah. He was in that race uh, when Modern Bliss won his first race at Geelong, which on the same night, uh, our great friend of the show, Darren Carroll, had a trottering called Uptight who won, who you probably don't remember. The Hunger Games Part 1 had just been released and people were watching. That was when Modern Bliss won his first race, Dan. It seems a lifetime ago. It does. He turned 12 and, uh, look, he's in great form, arguably some of the best form of his career. Ash Wharton 
He's uh, doing a wonderful job with him. And, and look, I've got him in the mix as well. He's got to be a chance. Um, this is a race that i found really tough. I I can probably find more negatives with every horse. Negatives in a good way um, to make it open, you know. I mean, mm. all of them are, are all pretty handy horses. But for various reasons, I'm just not sure where they're at. Can Captain Wilson put two in a row? He was really good for uh, last time. Wasn't he? And if he runs right up to that, he can win. Arnie's army was excellent in the same race because yeah. he sat without cover and was nabbed right on the post so if he can get to the front i thought captain wilson would probably be happy to take the trail because he did chase so well last time forever yin was about a million and fifty to one first up which it was hard to get my head around well not first up but it was in that race um uh, second up wasn't it yeah, uh, behind uh, glenn Letty elvis got beaten a long way but still run third Hasn't won for a couple of years. Rock phone the emergency. He's probably got some hope if he gets a run. Ideal rock, ideal roll. Um, you know, how do you rate his first up performance? It wasn't that flash, was it? Um, and again, you're faced with a horse that's going to run favourite, Major Man Bar. Look, he's probably got some sort of a chance. He's Charlie's angel. If he was at his best, he'd be confident. Desi G thought first up run was good. Plain second up. Catalpa Rescue is first up, has ability. Modern Bliss, the 12-year-old's going well, almost by process of elimination. You could tip him. And, and Monomy doesn't win out of turn. And just been worried about the last 50 metres in most of her races and finding the line but it might be the right sort of race for her so i can all give them chances but all give them um some negative ticks as well arnie's army um look i'll put him on top i thought he was terrific sitting without cover but yeah you know he might have to get to the pegs here to win it he can still run well if he doesn't lead but that's based on captain wilson and kate gath happy to take a trail the horse has got gate speed they might be happy for him to lead if he ends up that way but he seems to be well he found the line well last start with the set um, the nine is uh, Catalpa Rescue. I think it's the horse that's got the greatest scope in this race. I'm being a four-year-old, already taken some pretty good scalps, so he'll, um, he, he can improve off the run, but he could probably win this first up. Five, Ideal Rock, Ideal Roll. Just don't know where to sit with him. Um, that run first up. Look, he had to do plenty of work, so you can come up with... Um, uh, a, a, an excuse or two he was stood down per vet certificate after the race so he didn't pull up that fantastic so if you put a pin through that and pretend that uh well not so much pretend but if he if there was a genuine reason why you can forgive him for it so he's in the mix he could start a two dollar 20 favorite toby um and the one captain wilson Probably I've left out the winner here. I just wasn't quite sure which way uh, to go. I haven't got my head around it. Sometimes it can click with you straight away. Sometimes it can take to the very last moment. Two, nine, five and one. Uh, and I thought it was a very difficult race. Certainly was. Desi G could win the race off the leaders back then. I oh, know. You're looking for this. last start, though, at Echuca. Like, I just would have liked to have seen something more, but it did go from 17 to 25, first up to second up after a long break. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm clutching at straws to try and come up with the excuse, but at the same time, you're right, it could be three back to pegs, right place to beat a run top four. All right. The record doesn't look great. I think it's 19 placings from 39 starts, but if you take out Vic Bread's Breeders' Crowns, Derby Heats, etc., and George Croxford's, its record's a lot better because, you know, it's missed a placing. It misses the placings against the real good ones, and then it's really competitive when it's back to its grade. And the other horse, I think Ideal Rock, Ideal Roll, if they go crazy at the start and then it keeps pressing forward, I tell you, Robbie Orbit could have a really good night. Monomia, if they go crazy, Monomia could win. And another one, Major Manbar's had two starts back from a spell for a sixth and ninth, but a 
His third up record, to give you an idea, there was a campaign he ran 11th, 9th, and then first third up, 9th, 7th, and then first third up, and then 7th, 6th, and then second third up. So he can really improve off the back of a couple of runs back, major man bar as well. And I don't think either of us mentioned he's Charlie's angel who, at his best, certainly could win the race. Race eight is... The George Gath are the Derby Royale Trotters free-for-all on Saturday night. There might be a good reason why they've changed these around, but Dan, there was one thing I was really clear on in the night, and I'm ready, Jet. She may work to the top. She hasn't led since uh, December 2022 in a race. I don't think it'll matter. She'll either lead or sit parked. I think she wins this race. Uh, I just can't see it any other way in fact uh ebony's avenger i reckon's got great gate speed these days might be able to get across across royal charlotte if it happens to get to the leaders back i think it was pretty good when it ran fifth in the mary mile didn't lose any ground on on uh mufasa metro and certainly closed on queen elida so she could run a place and then Kai Valley Hotspur, I think, is appreciating the stand-start longer trips, so he just mightn't be quite sharp enough over the 21.90, if that makes sense. And Chinese Whisper is the other one who can certainly win if everything goes right. It was really good New Year's Eve with Taylor Yule in, in the cart, and who I was a bit, I was a bit concerned because he's got some tricks the horse to have a concession driver on, but he trotted really well. So if he's at his best with Kate Gath in the cart as well, he. Uh, sh- he certainly can win the race. Could you find anything other than I'm ready, Jetty, Dan? No, I was searching, though. I did think that she was a, a couple of lengths below uh, what she was at Melton from Bendigo last week. Yet they still mm-hmm. ran time. They went 153.8, beaten 11 metres. Makes you think, well, maybe it's me and not her. But I, I know Nathan Jack thought that she was just below what she can do. Um but she, if she ran up to last week's performance, surely she wins this race, doesn't she? Yeah, oh, I, I mean, think so. I, I don't know. Have we got prices up? Uh, we might for this race. Yeah, we do. Hang on, two secs. I'll grab them. She's a dollar ninety. Yeah, right. Well, that's that's right on the cusp, isn't it, of being uh, backable? It's not as if she's a dollar thirty. A dollar ninety is is probably overs if you were confident she'd be closer to her best. Last week's run is still good enough to win it. Her performance two starts ago, she should be a dollar thirty. So maybe, you know, I'm not put off by the price. Um, I'm ready, Jet number seven. Got to put her on top. It's like she drops a few lengths in grade. As much as Kai Valley Hotspur and Chinese Whisper are going well, they probably look like they're the obvious threats. If I'm ready, Jet is off her game, they become a better chance. If I'm ready, Jet. He is even the same, somewhere between last week and the start before, um, she should be winning this race pretty easily. Um, Thought it was harder to try and find fourth, maybe Ebony's Avenger, who was behind, just behind I'm Ready Jet last week, seven, five, six and three in my tips there. And Derby Royale, Derby Royale, he would be considered Harness Racing's Dandy Andy. (laughs) Yeah, because he did something which was unthinkable, wasn't it, at the time? It, he did. He he upset that what most people thought was the unbeatable Maori's idol in the 1978 Inter Dominion Trotting Grand Final at at Mooney Valley. And um, Cliff Powell, trainer drove Derby Royale, but uh, Maori's idol. It's probably as great a horse as he was. It was the race that's most remembered the night he got beaten in the uh, in the Inter Grand Final. And that race was won by Derby Royale. 
Maori's Idol is the horse that beat the Pacers, the Grand Circuit mm. Pacers in the Clive Ewer Championships, which is now the Queensland Championships in Brisbane. Horses like Poleface, Adios, he was running against, Rip Van Winkle, Pure Steel. I mean, the best of the best. And Maori's Idol as a trotter was beating that grade. And on Sunday is the Hamilton yeah. Pacing Cup. Yeah, I was about to say. And one of his finest performances ever, Maori's Idol, he absolutely thrashed a Country Cup pacing field. I mean, thrashed. He beat him by. Metres. Yeah, it was it just extraordinary. So just to think that, uh, well, we know Mary's idol, how good he was. Well, I, at least our generation does. Those in generations after us have heard the name and heard people like us talk about him in reverence. But uh, Derby Royale is the horse that was part of one of the big upsets the night at Mooney Valley uh, when uh, Mary's idol was uh, beaten into third place in that Inter Dominion trotting round final. And I can't for the life of me think who ran second. Was it Boulder Peeper? Oh, oh, I wouldn't know, actually, even if, yeah, uh, I cannot. Boulder Peeper rings a bell. Yeah, okay, I'll believe it. it was, oh, if, if it made me guess, I was going to say Touch Merchant, but I'm not real sure. A race nine, Shepparton, the Hunter Rural Pace. Uh, we will clear a commitment. Courtney is looking at me funny, which doesn't mean anything. Uh, let's, let's clear an ad. We'll come back. We'll do the Hunter Royal Pace on the other side. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Hello, Tony McKinnon, Friday Farm Panel. They're asking me to do Frank Walker. I love it when I do a Frank Walker, Dan. Sorry about that. The Hunter Rural Pace Race <laughs> 9 at Shepparton. Now, this is an easy race. If Rome leads, I think it wins. Uh, Victor Inflictor's, I think, the fastest horse in the race, on particularly on Sulky Up. He's a standout. He's probably the best horse in the race, so he may just win the race. Fantasy Beach, certainly on experience, will win the race. Our mystery bet just needs a bit of luck. Epic Orion's a funny horse. Cohen Godden proudly told me back in about June... I'm going up to Queensland. I'm going to leave Epic Orion here. I've got to try and win a race with him, but he won't win one. Well, uh, Cohen, he's won five since uh, in the last half of last year. So he certainly could win the race. And I'll tell you, I'm easy on the eyes. Not a bad little horse, uh, Dan. And Casey Lijan is uh, doing a pretty good job with this horse. It's her first starter. And uh, she works uh, with O'Donoghue Bartley team. So, and interestingly, the one next door, Fellini. They both won a trial on the 30th of November, these two horses. <laughs> Fellini and I'm easy on the eye. Fellini, an eight-year-old mare. So, both of those could improve at their second start. Uh, good luck here, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. You could have kept on talking. I was I was okay. I was gleaning more information as we went. I, I really, I, I don't know here. I'll learn a lot more from seeing some of these horses. I did see Fellini on debut. She got a bit hot. Eight-year-old mare. She still ran well. And I think it was a strong enough maiden also. Um, I, I just, there's something in me that I can't tip a maiden in a race where there are horses that yeah. have won a number of races. They just seem like, I mean, they've got the edge in this case that they've drawn well, but... Yeah, I just don't like seeing maidens in races where horses with a lot of experience are in it as well. I, I'm not sure which way to go here. Um, I really, um, I say I don't know. You said Rome might be able to lead the the, the four. Um, yeah. Maybe it's a chance. Um, look, 
I guess I saw Fellini open to improvement. Two, uh, one, four, eight. Maybe the 11's the other chance, but I notice Epic Ryan's better performances have been when it's been up on the speed or leading. Yeah, very tough race. Two, one, four, and eight on the last, but nowhere, no confidence at all. Just before I hand it back to you, yeah. I couldn't help myself. It was Boulder Peeper that it did was. run second and yes. split Derby Royale and um, Mary's Idol. I've got the race book, so I was just looking at the field and see if you know race. some of these names. You had a horse called Rockendale with Colin Redwood. No. Silken with Kevin Murray. Yeah. Uh, LB Teddy Logan. Did, Teddy Demo drove Silken a bit, didn't he? A bit, well, Kevin Murray trained. It had the red and yellow check. So yeah. um, there's a couple in this race that Teddy would have driven. LB Logan, Carlo Dwyer trained and drove it. Uh, Boulder Peeper, who runs second. Uh, Hilton Adios and Stuart Rothiger drove. Spartan Prince was the Kiwi. Duty Townley, the uh, trainer driver. Duty, of course, was the driver of Robin Dundee. Also won uh, an Inter-Dominion Pacers and two Inter-Dominion Trotters as well. Storm Rider, Noel Shin. Um, you had Derby Royale, Cliff Powell, Al Kadobis, Keith Rewilla, the father of Brad and Nash Rewilla, Waipuna Moo with uh, Peter Jones, uh, Touch Merchant, Darky Wilson, and of course Mary's Idol who came off the 30 metres. But there's so many in that race uh, with such an integral part of uh, harness racing history. T- Touch Merchants, he ran sixth in that Inter Dominion final? I said second early, but he ran sixth because he shares the honour with his brother who also ran sixth in an Inter-Dominion final, another touch. There's a rare, there's a rare one that you'll never need to know ever again, Dan. <laughs> no, well done. <laughs> well played. All right, my father owned a horse called Another Touch who ran sixth in eight, the 84 Inter-Dominion finals. A funny story behind how he got him, but uh, we won't go into that now as it takes a few minutes. Dan, I'll let you go, mate. Uh, we've got another commitment to clear, but uh, I can hold the 45 seconds or 50 seconds on the other side. Thank you so much uh, for your contribution. Oh, quickly, your best bets. We've got about 30 seconds. Your best bets. Yeah, it's a night. I'm not sure. Maxi wants to play might be the right sort of odds to be an each-way bet. So race yep. one, horse number 10. Um, struggling to come up with a, a straight-out best bet. Um, race... Five, number eight, Platinum Stride is the other each way. So we'll go race one, number 10, Maxi wants to play each way. Race five, number eight, Platinum Stride each way. Yeah, well, that were the first two I had written down as well, which is amazing. Thanks, Dan. I'll chat to you tonight. Good on you. Thanks, Toby. There's Dan Malecki. A break. Back and we'll wrap it up the other side.